Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. It is the Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob Kevins here. Tony Kennett from Chalkboard Review in for Casey today. So Mike Pence is out hawking some books. And naturally, when you're out trying to sell a book, you go on the uh, the uh, newscasts, the talk shows, the variety of places to highlight some of the more sensational parts of your book. Ooh, you could sell books with that kind of an attitude. Well, you know, I am a, I'm a marketeer, as you uh, are a provocateur, maybe a little bit of both. Here's my question for you before we play a little audio from Pence on ABC last night. Can you name, so let's go back. I think Mike Pence was elected to the U.S. Congress in 2000. Can you name one thing that Mike Pence was responsible for in the 16 years from 2000 to, well, I'm sorry, the 20 years from 2000 to 2020, where you would say the world is markedly different or better because Mike Pence, fill in the blank. Is there anything? I'm talking as a congressman, as a governor, or as the vice president. Uh, I'll say that he was strong on some cultural issues. That's what I'll give him. But there's no there's no crowning achievement for Mike Pence as a congressman. What did he do? No, he was not the in in my opinion, I don't think that Pence was the crowning achievement kind of guy. I never in in my time, you know, following his politics looked and was like, okay, what is Mike gonna do to set the stage? Mike was always a fill in the gaps and and make this a a decent situation sort of guy, at least on cultural issues, which is what that what I knew him for. Right. But but he presented himself as that guy. He was always our moment is now kind of guy and I'm the guy to rise to the moment. But yet his actual record as a congressman, what did he do? He drove up deficits and he voted for ill-begotten wars and he voted for unfunded tax cuts. There you go. That's the criticism laid right out front. As a governor, what did he do? He got a very small, very moderate amount of tax, individual income tax reform and completely embarrassed the state on multiple fronts, whether it was state-run media or RIFRA or whatever, not just the act itself, and even when there was nothing wrong with the act itself, in the case of RIFRA, then he completely embarrassed the state on the way he handled it. And then as vice president, he was a nice messenger for Donald Trump. But what my point in all this is, this is a guy who we have always been, it's almost Evan Bai-esque in the sense, right? Remember Evan Bai was always the next mm-hmm. guy. It will be Evan Bai's turn. And then it was never... The idea of Evan Bayh is clearly by the voters in 2016 when Todd Young thoroughly thrashed him. The idea of Evan Bayh was always greater than Evan Bayh himself based on the fact that he never ascended to the next thing mm-hmm. and he never really accomplished it. See, they're, they're the same guy. And, and that's interesting, though, but be, I don't remember seeing a lot of people in the national GOP walking around claiming as a mainstream point that Mike Pence was the next big thing. I think Mike Pence has always been assumed a supporting cast member. There's nothing wrong with supporting cast members. Some of my favorite characters in a lot of things are the supporting cast. And when Trump picked Pence for his VP nominee, everyone instantly knew why. It was to moderate out the image of Trump. It was to appeal to the conservative Christian crowd. And that was it. It was a supporting cast position. It was not because he had a great field of expertise. It wasn't because he appealed to some uh, 
fancy cultural demographic other than he was to moderate the image of Trump. That's Pence an in- is a supporting character. That's an interesting take, and I was critical of the pick for a variety of reasons. One, Mike, again, the, some of the things we're talking about here, but I also knew Mike Pence never believed in the stuff Trump was talking about, right? Mike Pence was going to lose his reelection for governor. John Gregg was going to boat race Mike Pence because Mike Pence had not done a good job as governor and had brought many national embarrassments to our state. Uh, not necessarily in the case of like Rifra, the law itself, but again, the way he handled the law. And this was a guy who took the first exit ramp that he could find. And it was a great exit ramp. And he was willing to say or do whatever. We all know how Mike and Karen actually felt about Donald Trump. And I mention all of this because now we have this moment where he's trying to sell books to pay for his fancy mansion in Carmel slash Zionsville while not helping any of those poor people that he and his brother left holding the bag with Keel Brothers Oil Company. But of course, that's another story for another time. Um, we don't have time to get into it today. Um, but to act like you're so appalled by the Trump behavior now when you're trying to sell books, when you vouched for it and propped it up and excused and explained it for four years. What Donald Trump did on January 6th is no different than anything Donald Trump did for the four years he was president. And he was behind that the whole way until now that he's not vice president anymore, it's financially and opportunistically expedient for him to decry and act like something egregious happened and something egregious Trump did. So I, I'm going to push back on that a little bit and not because oh, I'm advocating for Pence in this situation, but I am suggesting that Trump's behavior in the first four years of his presidency uh, was or the, the only four years of his presidency. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, in, Trump in, in the first three years of his presidency, I should say, was different in the way that he communicated with the American public than in the last year. There was a market difference in the way that Trump ramped up his rhetoric in year four in going into the 2020 election than he did in his first three years when he was more focused on foreign policy, when he was more focused on a lot of other things other than internal election campaign strategy. And I think that it's within those ideas. He still held rallies. Uh, but other than that, I, I really don't see Mike Pence having to go and kind of excuse a lot of the stuff the administration did. It was more of just saying, well, yeah, he's Trump and he does mean tw- mean tweets, but look at what his administration has done you, for the common American. You mean to tell me you think, and you know Mike, and I, I don't know if you know the, the, the family around him, but you mean to tell me you don't you think Mike Pence and Karen Pence took that job as vice president and they didn't absolutely absolutely abhor Trump from the moment they took that deal? You think they abhor? Ju- no. Do I think that every single day was was basically them coming back into the room and just going? He just said this thing that we kind of have to smooth over. Yeah, I mean, but that's also not an uncommon thing for the vice president. I'm not excusing it. I'm saying that it's it's maybe a little dramatic to suggest that that Mike Pence abhorred Trump from the minute he started working with him. Now, during the end of his presidency, when Trump started to really fall off the rails and start saying crazier things, yeah, then Mike Pence was in a difficult you know position. Does that warrant now Pence kind of running around and going, well, actually, it was always this bad? Whatever. No, I find that a little disingenuous, but I haven't read the book yet, and I'm guessing in this audio bite, you're going to kind of share some of the stuff that he ended up saying. Yes, here we go. Here's a little bit of Pence about Trump on January 6th. Members were barricaded inside the House chamber. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of it all, you can see that the president has tweeted. 2.24 p.m., the president tweets, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done.
It angered me. But I turned to my daughter who was standing nearby and I said, it doesn't take courage to break the law. It takes courage to uphold the law. I mean, the president's words were reckless. It was clear he decided to be part of the problem. Over the course of several hours, you spoke with the acting defense secretary. You spoke with the joint chiefs of staff, General Milley. I did. You spoke with the acting attorney general, Jeff Rosen, with the chief of Capitol Police. Where was the president in all this? David, I was at the Capitol. I wasn't at the White House. And when you learned later that he was watching all this unfold on TV? I can't, I can't account for what the president was doing that day. I was at a loading dock in the Capitol where a riot was taking place. But why wasn't he making these calls? Um, that'd be a good question for him. He doesn't have the guts to actually say what he thinks, just like he didn't have the guts to say what he actually thought for the four years he was vice president. The dude is a grifter. The dude is a political opportunist. The dude got incredibly far while accomplishing absolutely nothing. And here it is right in front of him. But he so badly wants to be president. And Mike Pence and the people around him still live under this delusion that he has a shot of being president that when if you really believe it, say it. He teed it right up for you. We all know what you think of him. We all know what you've thought of him from the beginning. Say it, and he won't do it because he knows politically that would hurt him. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that was the right answer for him to give. <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. You can't have it both ways. There was ways. no answer. No, th- you can't have it both ways here. You can't say that, well, we all think Mike Pence is really mean, and he had every opportunity to come out right now when Trump is in the fall. Trump is in free fall. If there's ever a time for Mike Pence to come out and drop the sledgehammer and just say, Trump's always been bad, and that was the moment that I knew he was irredeemable, and he could have smashed that hammer down, and it, it would not have drawn as much criticism as from those who already hate him. But instead, he did restrain himself. Now, is it was it, am I saying that it was for moral virtue? No. Was it political? Probably. But I'm saying that in that specific moment, I think the riot was a bit much. Saying it was a riot. It was a riot. I was in the loading. It was a riot. No. No. Not a riot. No. However, everything else in that statement, I don't really find a lot of issue with because he's basically, he's being offered the bait on a silver platter. Wasn't Trump that bad? And Trump's like, I wasn't in the White House. Oh, God, but wasn't he wasn't he terrible? I, I wasn't. I was in the Capitol. You, you'll have to ask Trump. And then he's like, well, wasn't he? He's like, well, I think that'd be a question for the president. Now, the lilt in his voice does show contempt, but he had every opportunity on a silver platter to drop the sledgehammer. And instead, uh, I mean, you know, he, he, he just kind of left it more hanging than, than he could have. I'm not saying that speaks to Pence's virtue, but I, I don't know. I think that that particular criticism is a bit much. All right, let's take a break. Tony Kennett uh, in for Casey today. Kevin's here. When we come back, we've got some great audio from Matt Gates talking about what needs to happen if you're going to clean up Congress. This is so good. We'll play it for you. Coming up next, 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.